Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 75 Amelia the Bullywug Enchanted Pest Control. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Patrick Kolb's table in the Levitating Platter. everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of sidekicks and side quests the best unofficial dungeons and dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion we've got a wonderful returning guest for you today but before i get to my guest you know i like to leave you in suspense as i do the first ad read for our first sponsor plus one exp tony vicinda is the mastermind behind his mastercraft of beard bombs game design and community building He's got beard bombs named after all of the basic stats from D&D, so get a can, apply it to your facial features, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the independent RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony has collaborated and developed several other projects. I was just on his itch page checking them out, and he's got Repugnant, I Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Another one that I hadn't seen, Vamp Nugula, like you're like a chicken nugget, but you're a vampire, and then Brand Standing, so lots of cool stuff. If you support Plus One EXP, either by buying something on their website, going over to tonyplusone.itch.io, it all helps to funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. So I would highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One EXP on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects he's working on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these other amazing indie TTRPGs. And if you don't mind, please go to PlusOneExp.com, use my affiliate code Randolph when you're buying a Beard Bomb or a Beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website plus1exp.com. Well, hello, my brother. How have you been since the fabled year of 2020 when this podcast was in its infancy? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been great. Um, it's two years. It's, time is just, it's just an illusion. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's been two that, years. Uh, I think you said that then, and, and it's still true now as far as time being an illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To help remind our audience, our other patrons of the Levitating Platter, that is this podcast, could you tell us, you know, again, who are you? What is it that you do? 
Yeah, so uh, my name is Patrick. Um, I am a, I guess, more of a variety streamer at the moment, but still mm. still streaming RPG games, uh, giving my thoughts on them, and uh, slowly, slowly updating my, my YouTube with um, more playthroughs and edited footage there. And still doing software development? Yes, yes, I still do. Well, not at the same place now. I'm at a, I'm at a uh, much better place, but still doing software development. Yeah. Yeah, you know, forgive me. I hadn't been able to keep up with all the various projects and things that I'm working on and trying to keep up on. But what are so what are some of the cool games and things that you've been streaming over on your Twitch? Two current ones I'm playing through are Horizon Zero Dawn. I've never actually played that one before. Oh, okay. um, I dig it. Um, I, I've I've actually had the game. I, I bought it on release, and it's just been wrapped up and never opened mm-hmm. until like this month. So, or I'm sorry, last month. Um, but that's one of them. Uh, the other one is Elden Ring. Loving oh. the game. It's it's super fun to play. Um, I love the open world. I love the mounted combat. Didn't expect to do that. Both of those games, for different reasons, have either drawn a lot of critical praise or a lot of seemingly controversy over misunderstandings or, or nothingness. So I know Horizon Dawn, you know, got some of that, uh, I guess, because of the fact that it's a female protagonist and it's an actual female character, like real life. Um, but I'm, But I hear that the graphics are like, you know, it's that next gen cutting edge uh, technology and so it, it you know it's getting more and more closer uh, to real life when you're playing Horizon Dawn. Is that what you uh, take away from the game as well? Yeah. So it it's definitely at the time it was released, it was definitely like, oh my gosh, the, you can't get more realistic than this. Mm-hmm. Um, since I'm playing it on the PS5, you know, several years after it's come out, there's other games that have done it a little bit better. It holds its own. Um, probably more suited to the ps4 than it is the ps5 but interesting uh, it's it's really lifelike um everything feels very well designed people who worked on it definitely cared for it and it shows and then elden ring i mean forgive me i've never played a dark souls game i think i remember those games coming out when we were in college and it was always just kind of like a daunting sort of a oh you only play this game if you're a bit of a masochist or something like that yes (laughs) well definitely uh it feels like if you love the series you're you're a bit of a masochist um the games are definitely hard they don't they don't baby you or anything like that mm-hmm. um but it's very rewarding once you like you, you you struggle against these bosses you know you've died 50 times and you've spent countless hours trying to figure out how to get past it mm-hmm. and you finally beat it and you feel so relieved and then you just get stuck at the next boss afterwards <laughs> um it's a very beautiful game. Like the whole series is really well done. Like if you were to go and play dark souls one now, I mean, it still looks super realistic. The controls are a little janky, but you know, (laughs) what can you do? And so Elden ring does take place in the same universe as dark souls. I guess that's the thing I'm, I, it looks similar. And so I figured, Oh, maybe it's the same developer, but is it the same universe or is it different? No, from what I understand, all the, all the souls games are separate. You, you don't need to play one to go into two. The only reason you would probably want to do that is to get more familiar with like the various mechanics, like, you know, bonfires, uh, 
you know, the the fog walls multiplayer all raise that kind the of stuff. sun and all that kind of stuff exactly exactly apparently the, the new thing yeah the memes the thing in this game is you know like uh, praise be the pope turtle i think is what i've been hearing or seeing i, I can definitely see that i haven't gotten to that part in the game but i <laughs> i have seen the image and it's pretty good <laughs> so speaking of that um i know when we interviewed you back in 2020 you had said oh it was a couple months before that you had played your last campaign obviously tools have gotten better for DD games and um i don't you know you said you were a variety streamer i don't know if you've branched out to be like oh yes let me do a one shot or do some DD stuff on my twitch channel but have you maybe offline had that opportunity to get a chance to play a DD game or any other kind of TTRPG? Gosh, uh, unfortunately, no. I got, I actually talked to my friends. We rolled a character, but schedules did not align. Every time, uh, every time they would be able to meet, I had work, you know? So it's just- eternal struggle. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, the thought was there. <laughs> just haven't actually been able to be a part of one yet. Of course, you know, this podcast is called Sidekicks and Side Quests, And we know the first time we interviewed you, we got answers for both. But I like to revisit the question as, have you come across any other interesting NPC characters from a game, from film, television, uh, etc.? And why has it been a new interesting NPC you've run across? And then also respectively, has there been a new side quest that you've run across that you've been like, oh, wow, this is super cool, whether it's an old game, a new game, or, you know, anything else. Yeah, let's see. Um, as far as a new NPC, I don't think they're... Well, well hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, they're not They're not necessarily, like, a side character, though. I, I don't really know. I, well, Do you control the character in any facet? No. Okay, then NPC, non-player character. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Final Fantasy 14, it's the, uh, the MMORPG Final Fantasy, uh, the second one, I should say, um, not their latest expansion in Walker, but the previous one, uh, Shadowbringers, okay. um, the main antagonist, um, Emmett Selk is probably hands down one of my favorite NPCs in the game. Now the, the motivations make sense. Uh, the interactions with the player make just are really good um all the fights all the music and stuff associated just it's wonderful there's there's a lot of i'm trying not to go into too many spoilers here because it, <laughs> it is a pretty big pretty big game um mm. but there's there's an underlying motivation that like makes him unable to be hated and mm. disliked uh so the entire time you're going through this x-pack it's kind of like this constant struggle between like, I, I want to not like you, but mm -hmm. I, I, I relate to this or like, I understand why you do this. Like you, you understand their motivations. So you can't really say like, oh, I, it's, it's so, so easy to just, you know, write them off as a bad guy and, mm -hmm. and go through your day. So it really stuck out to me and uh, definitely made an impact. And then as far as the side quests, have you, I remember you were telling me last time about how the side quest for the College of Winterhold and Skyrim bugged out on you. And that's why it stuck out to you as a kind of a favorite. Maybe you haven't come across another side quest that's bugged out on you, but maybe a side quest that actually worked and you quite enjoyed it. Have you come across something like that? Because, you know, last time, last time I think I, I, I mentioned that, like, I don't really do a lot of side quests in, mm -hmm. in video games. You like to go they, grind the main storyline. 
right? Unless I'm like forced to, but there's a lot of, so in Ghost of Tsushima, okay. uh, there's almost every single side quest you can do, I've done. At least okay. an act one. I haven't beaten the game or anything, but mm-hmm. it's not so much like I have a I have one that stands out as so much as all of them stand out to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done them before I've done the main main scenario. Interesting. So you found a game where the side quests were actually more uh, tantalizing to you at first than, oh, let me just tackle the main story. Exactly. Yeah. No, everything, everything in that game works really well. So the, the side quests in general, like you don't feel like they're side quests. You feel like you're very much attached to the the land and all the people who live there. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that they're, you know, they're they're taken care of and stuff. So it, it definitely does not feel like a burden when you're going through and, and talking to these people. Whereas, you know, some games are definitely like, hey, can you go like do my taxes, please, Mr. Main <laughs> Character? And it's like, why would I do this? I'm right. I'm on a quest to to go kill a big bad evil guy, you know. And then of course, you know, we like to end the personal interview section with uh the the passion question as what are you passionate about? I know um you talked about you were passionate about streaming. Have you found any new passions in the time of uh the pandemic and you know in the hopefully waning closing days of the the pandemic and and everything like that i so it's i've kind of branched out from ugh, branched out i've <laughs> my my passion kind of extended from streaming into more content creation mm. um it, it's it's a passion but like my the the drive to do so is you know still still struggling to get there but mm-hmm. um i definitely have a newfound interest in like video editing uh not necessarily like uh sorry videography as well Mm. uh, but not like professional you know making sure that i have the right camera you know i have all the right lighting and stuff um just making sure that you know all the the angles are good you know what's what's the appropriate like uh placement of the camera all that kind of stuff um and just figuring out what is my exact like niche that I want to bring to this massive world of content, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of been something that I've had a kick in right now. Well, it's been great to catch up with Patrick and see how he's been. And I think it's time now we head into a segment I like to call NPC creation. All right. Well, this is a relatively new sponsored part of the show, but NPC Creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience, and our patrons on Patreon. That's right. After two years, old Kurt here decided to start up a Patreon for the podcast. And of course, now is the time that I would like to give a shout out to our comfortable patrons. Those are our patrons at the $2 or more level with a loud hurrah so to you katie downey aka goblin katie one of our previous guests we say cheers uh and we toast you yes katie is um actually one of our highest tier patrons because we only have three and she's what we call a wealthy patron at four dollars a month so that means she's also able to add an element of chance to our random tables here in npc creation as well and some of them might get used here today now with patrick so if you want to join the cheapest podcast patreon community check out the show notes below go to my podcast website 
or go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers, one, two, four dollars, and help us expand our operations at the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. All right, so as we were discussing before we started rolling, last time you came prepared with a character of your own making, but now you've opted for the path of the random. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And I believe you had some virtual dice at the ready. And if you're ready to go, uh, we can go ahead and begin with the first question of what is our character's name? We will go ahead and roll a D20. Got a 10. 10. Your answer was provided by previous guest, uh, Brianna Jean, Amelia. So we were working with the character name of Amelia. Uh, the next question we have to ask ourselves is, what is the ancestry of Amelia? Let's go ahead and roll a D100 or two D10s. I got a 16. 16. Oh, <laughs> okay. 16 Bullywug. So those are like the uh, anthropomorphic uh, frogs, the little frog uh, people. Think of like fierce Kermit the Frog, I guess. Might be one way or Slippy Toad or something like that. Um, by default, you know, they're monsters in the monster manual. Um, and they're like, Ooh, they're mean and aggressive and, and territorial and all that stuff. But Amelia might be a very nice bullywug to get to know. So <laughs> what is the job or role in society for Amelia, the bullywug? Let's go ahead and roll a regular D10. Hold an eight. Eight. Ooh. Okay. Your answer provided by previous guest, Michael Horsley enchanted pest control <laughs> great <laughs> and then the last bit that we'll get to roll for before we take a small pause is how old is our character let's go ahead and roll a d8 for the age range three three young adult so young adult bullywug named amelia enchanted pest control so now that we know all these key factors thus far can you describe the physical appearance of amelia what do we see i mean I'm going to have to definitely Googled, be creative Google here. what a yeah. bullywug is. <laughs> okay. Well, they do look remarkably like Kermit the Frog. That is terrifying. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm not really seeing a big difference between uh, male and female bullywug, uh, but it does seem that they have more of like an expression. So okay. maybe they wear their emotions a little bit uh, easier enchanted pest control yeah does, i like to think does does she wear like a uniform or something does she just wear common clothes or is she wearing like magic robes or what are you thinking yeah you know the first when i, when I looked up female bullywug um the first thing that kind of stood out to me uh was kind of this image of a bullywug in like a witch's hat and like wearing a little robe with a book I was like, oh, you know, that that can kind of work, right? So um, maybe we'll keep like the oh, a similar design to a witch hat, um, but the the robe is definitely more of like a like a uniform belonging to a certain company or something. Yeah, maybe like a uh, a guild or something that uh, deals with pests of any variety. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really know what type of tool they would use. Maybe that's just uh, we can roll for that later or something, but. Definitely, definitely more of like, you can tell they're, they're maybe low to middle class in like their clothing. Okay. Um, definitely kept up. Like, you know, there's, they, they'd be repairs on like little frayed parts of the, 
the ending of the shirts or the, the uniform, mm-hmm. um, maybe some tatters at the bottom of this out uniform, depending on if it's like a dress or if it's long pants or something like that. But definitely like, you know, kind of kind of like a, a cheerful demeanor, at, as cheerful as you can tell on a bullywug anyway. Mm-hmm. I was going to say enchanted pest control it's like how far of a direction are we going from like orkin versus like ghostbusters like how sophisticated of technology are we talking maybe not quite ghostbusters you know not like using a whole bunch of um artificer gadgets and stuff like that so she's not walking around with an eldritch cannon waiting to blast a (laughs) rust monster bits or something maybe at the end of a campaign you know upgraded oh. got got a couple pieces of loot <laughs> <laughs> but this is definitely more like uh you know they have the the tools of the trade which is you know maybe uh, uh something to defend themselves with depending on the size of the pest mm-hmm. uh definitely things to maybe not necessarily destroy or kill a pest but maybe capture and maybe release elsewhere oh okay yeah that's true because not all pest control is about eradicating the little critters that are in your place sometimes it's just a matter of capturing them and then releasing them back into the wild so that's interesting that's a good point you raised so okay so do you imagine like various kinds of like traps and snares and stuff like that part of the gear and maybe like some magic implements as far as like oh this is like my wand of sleep spells so i can use it to like neutralize like a feral some sort of animal yeah yeah so like at first glance, you'd see you'd see uh, Amelia, and you might think that they're like a trapper or a hunter of some kinds. But then you start looking more closely at their like their little knapsack or something, and you see more like utility tools. So you'll mm. see like those wands. You'll see um, like some rope or like a stick with a rope at the end of it. That's a little bit magical or something to okay. kind of adjust the size so that way they can kind of whatever pest it might be like you know how um some pest control or like uh, animal control will have like the stick with the rope and they can just yeah. like, put it around the the neck and just mm-hmm. kind of control that way it yeah. has like something like that that it's like a magic rope that adjusts based oh. on something there okay um but definitely not like ghostbuster level where you can obviously see like maybe they're onto something and we shouldn't get in the way you know (laughs) yeah like the ghostbuster part of the pest control agency that's like when the spectral stuff like oh the ethereal spiders are showing up okay we need to call that division like i just deal with like skunks and rats and rust monsters and maybe an occasional slime or something like that but like if it's like ghosts or ghouls or uh or something like that that's another team that's that's not my pay grade yeah yeah okay exactly that's cool. when you picture amelia what three adjectives would you use to describe her patient caring and responsible i was gonna say you know with those adjectives are you already thinking of kind of like a backstory as to how and why amelia got involved with this particular line of work you know, was it something of like, oh, pest control, that means all the free bugs I can eat. But then as she got more involved with the work, it was like, oh, actually, I'm capturing all sorts of other critters and learning about ecology and all these other things. And, you know, actually, uh, you know, these gelatinous cubes are very important to dungeon environments. And when they get out of their dungeons and they start going into residential neighborhoods, uh, that's a problem. And we need them to go back into the dark, deep, dank dungeons uh, to keep those clear and stuff like that i think that would be really interesting like 
kind of having ulterior motives for joining the pest control team, right? It's like, well, I'm controlling the pests. They're just also my dinner, you yeah. know? Um, and then learning more and more of like the environments around wherever they are and like, you know, how removing, you know, one of these pests could damage everything around the village or something like that. I think that would be very interesting. I think that does require that, you know, Amelia is well-educated on, you know, in, in their field. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I don't see why we can't have that. Right. I mean, depending on how long they've been doing this or, you know, how their training is gone. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you imagine her being more of like, I'm independent. I'm part of a team. Am I like a junior to someone else who's my senior? Yeah. I think since it's a young adult, um, I think Amelia should have a mentor probably someone that's been in the business a long time you know has kind of seen now that they're older they used to be part of that you know the the ephemeral division of the the pest control um but they you know they're kind of retired and they they can't do the same things that they used to so they they've kind of taken on the role of teacher of Mm. you know of training all these new employees or something Mm. um and then amelia would probably be eager to learn mm-hmm. and really quick to pick things up but maybe there's like a, a failing of application to these teachings you know mm-hmm. um so you you can say something it'll stick but the application of the the teaching probably won't hit until much later and mm-hmm. after several times of attempting to do a certain like control all right and of course we like our npcs to have something cool on them so what is a valuable item piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that Amelia would ascribe to. Um, So if you'd like to go ahead and roll a D4 for the category, and then the D6 to figure out what the specific valuable is going to be. I rolled a four. Four would be ideal or concept. Ideal or concept, and I rolled a two. Two. Okay, well, this seems to fit right in line. Uh, Your answer provided by previous guest Kia Young, knowledge. So the fact that she's uh, ambitious, she's wanting to learn how to be the best of the pest control guild team that she can be, or she just wants to learn about these other creatures. How do you think the ideal of knowledge kind of fits in uh, to her character? I imagine that, you know, she probably picked up that if you remove an entire species from an ecosystem, you can damage it. And that goes for like settlements, like, you know, if you remove a type of bird from the environment, you'll see less of a predator that Mm -hmm. could maybe help out that environment. So you'll start seeing changes in maybe like the trees or the grass. And then you see the changes in the grass. Now your cattle or your farm animals may not be able to survive because of that, all because of Mm -hmm. these small changes. And so uh, Amelia probably picked up on that and seeks to know as much as they can about that particular environment they're in. So they don't make drastic changes or maybe not drastic, but you know, long-term uh, effects when, when they do pest control. Does this have to do kind of with her origin story of where she's from? Like if we're imagining a bog, <laughs> a bog standard bullywug kind of being from this like marshy, swampy lake kind of environment, did she undergo this or experience this herself? And then that's what prompted her to kind of go out beyond her home and kind of seek this knowledge as far as like, well, life in the swamp used to be this way. 
And then something happened and it changed and I had to leave because if I didn't, I would have died or something. Yeah, I think, you know, you we always hear like maybe not overpopulation, but like over clearing forests and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine that if you apply that to their food sources or maybe even, you know, they're they're using too many. Uh, they're cutting down a lot of the, the swamp bog trees or something. Mm -hmm. um, and now the, the swamp is kind of losing what it had like what made it special mm -hmm. um i can see how that might affect amelia when they were young you know why did this why did this happen and then this this curiosity kind of led into oh well that's because we we ate too many of you know this type of pest and because that pest wasn't there anymore this the, the you know the cycle of life couldn't do what it was supposed to do mm -hmm. um i think that'd be that'd be a good good direction all right and then of course all of our NPCs like to come with a side quest. So this part I always leave open as far as like, if you have an idea that's now naturally formed based on what we've learned, you can share with us now what you think the side quest that Amelia will offer to the player characters, or you can roll the last dice, which would be a D12. You know, I, I did have kind of an idea forming this entire time of like, maybe it's not so much of like a pest eradication, but it's a pest introduction and they have the these players have to find this pest and Amelia just can't get to it you know because they're they have to monitor some other stuff in the area but I think that would be an, a, a retrieval mission of a, of a live animal or something to introduce to that ecosystem I think would be pretty on point for Amelia okay so if I'm understanding what you're saying so there's some current problem that Amelia's monitoring, and if she had this other pest, this other creature that was brought to her, she could then use it to kind of like homeostasis, equalize out kind of the problems that are going on in the local area. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And so we're just kind of leaving that up to dungeon masters to kind of figure out like, oh, we have too many mosquitoes. So if only we could have more possums, then the possums would eat the mosquitoes. And then we wouldn't have all this disease and blood sucking going on. Yeah, you know, you can you can even apply that to maybe even bigger pests in the area. You know, like if you have some pixies are as as menacing or annoying to deal with in DD, I can't remember. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you had more of them, they are considered pests, you know. How do we deal with the pixies? Hey, we need to go, you know, into this dungeon to find this one creature or something. That pixies you know? hate. Yes. And they, they just don't want to even go near it. You know, you just place that around the village, you know, make it a pet or something, and then mm. boom, you don't have to worry about pixies anymore or something. Yeah, or like, oh, this thing, and like, okay, well, if we just bring like a swamp gator to the town and then make it the town pet then everyone will love Chubbs the Gator. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be fine. You won't have to worry about the the, the dog-sized leeches anymore because Chubbs the Gator is there to protect you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. I can dig that. So uh, how is Amelia going to award the player characters when they successfully bring this other species uh, to the area to help kind of offset the current problem that they're dealing with? I don't know. This this would might be something we have to roll on. Maybe just to get an idea of what would fit, you know, because she she wouldn't have anything super expensive. You know, that's that's just not her class. She she might have like an enchanted tool or a magical tool that she can give. 
we have discussed that she is a perpetual student. You know, she's a seeker of knowledge. Is there some piece of lore or something that uh, she could pass on to the player characters in exchange for doing this? Like, oh, the player characters really need to know about Creature X. Well, if you do this for me, I will literally, you know, lore dump everything I know about Creature X uh, for your party so you can have that advantage in being able to deal with this particular foe or whatever or maybe it's not a foe or maybe it's like some other thing that you're trying to deal with it's like oh gosh we just cannot pin down where this kind of creature is and it's like oh well i know because i'm the local enchanted pest control agent for this area and i know that if you go here to this spot at this time of day and this season when the moon is this way then you know you'll find this creature there that would actually be really good. Um, the other thing we can probably say is like, you know, if they're they're familiar with the area, you know, because they have to know all these different habitats and, you know, all the effects the seasons have on it. They might know, uh, Amelia might know a good spot for like, maybe there's a dungeon. She can reveal it because, it, you know, maybe there's some like fauna over it or sorry, flora that's on it or something. And she's like, well, there's I can just give you animals this thing laying that. on top of it, like a giant sloth that just won't move. That's blocking the entrance. <laughs> it's, it's just a Snorlax. Like, here's your here's your poke flute. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, OK, I'll wake up and move. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but like maybe there's a, a hidden dungeon that Amelia just knows about. There's no reason to disturb it or anything, but mm -hmm. she's curious on some stuff in it so she can guide you to it. And Scylla requests to go into that dungeon with Amelia. Yeah, you can clear it out or just there. figure out what's down there or something. Yeah, that's cool. Lots of things you can do. All right. Well, we also have to consider the opposite. So what's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to this adventure? How is Amelia going to react to that? Yeah, I think depending on the creature Amelia needs to have these players retrieve, it could have an elastic impact on the environment there. Like if in this pixie example, and we bring in Chubbs the Gator, you know, <laughs> if Chubbs the Gator isn't there, these pixies could just run rampant and cause either an overwhelm Amelia. So then Amelia yeah. can't deal with it. Yeah. Or, you know, worst case is the that town is just overrun and, you know, mm. all the residents have to leave. You know, now it's a ghost town. There's a whole bunch of refugees everywhere, maybe. OK, so we did say that if they fail to go on the quest, then, OK, the problem's going to get bigger. Um, So that's if they refuse. But if they fail, is there like a difference in how she approaches it? Like, gosh, you know, we really went out there and tried to get this beast, but we just couldn't wrangle it. It escaped or it got killed in the process. Like, is she going to react kind of a different way based on how they break the news to her or just, oh, try again and go get another one? Or by that point, is it too late? And now the problem is overwhelmed the location or something yeah i think um maybe something that can happen is uh you know depending on how rare creature a is you mm. know and you know if that happens to just they, they the adventurers fail uh there could be a creature b and you need a lot more than just one. Oh, okay right right so many fail states okay creature a died okay well i know you could go here and if you bring me like five of those on par or it gets a little bit tougher with like, okay, now you have to find the next thing to try and help. And then after that point, now the problem's too big. Now you have to fight an entire town overrun by pixies. You, you, you're going to have to like go back to back with Amelia as you're trying to like keep the pests from overwhelming the town or yeah. whatever. 
Yeah. Okay. That'd be pretty I, cool. I think that would be, that would make sense. And, you know, maybe even the first time they fail to come back and they have to fight the pixies that way it's like hey you know it's it is pretty bad did you bring the thing no okay well we can hold it off for a little bit longer please find this in this location over here so what are the goals and motivations of amelia as a character yeah so amelia definitely has a thirst for knowledge you know, the, the more Amelia knows about the local wildlife or how a certain creature, the species can affect other ones or like what their role is in the ecosystem they're in, I think can lend itself to so many applications of making sure a village is okay. You know, what, what can actually occur, you know, what's, what's causing this farmland to not be as fertile or, you know, what's eating the, the crops or something like that. But just the thirst for knowledge is so important to her that if she doesn't know something, it'll probably eat away Mm -hmm. until she gets that answer. Does Amelia have any current problems that prevent her from being a bigger player on the stage? Does she have goals and ambitions beyond just being like, oh, I'll come up from that junior level to like, okay, now I'm a full-fledged, like accomplished, enchanted pest control person uh, and I can have my own franchise or whatever I mean is there some problem that she's dealing with is it the fact of the the local pest problem that she's bringing the player characters in to deal with or is there something else I think that she would love to be on an adventure but she doesn't have the skill set to survive against like things that are actively trying to kill her you know Mm. um she doesn't have a lot of strength to deal with, like deal with that kind of stuff. Okay. She knows how to survive. You know, oh yeah. She has to go into the wildlife and, you know, figure out how to hide or sneak around to get these like different creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like maybe combat and actually confrontation, that's not necessarily what she's good at. And that's probably what's preventing her from, you know, moving on up in the ranks or living the life that she wants to have. Well, I think we've learned so much about our little Bullywug pest controller that I think it's time we throw her into a random encounter. All right. All right. So, you know, this final ad read, this random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They've been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're here in DFW. And they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature that has you covered. Every time you shop with them and spend at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to throw in a cool new mini of the month. Uh, for free with your order. And this mini of the month is always something new, so all the more reason to check back with them often. I recently did get a $50 gift card and I didn't use it all, but I did use a portion of it. So that way I could snag that new mini that is going towards the Ukraine relief efforts. Um, It's like a little bird bard character. It's so very cute. Um, And I believe like it costs like $9.99 right now. And so I think of that $7.50, I believe, goes to UNICEF to be directed towards Ukraine efforts. So I used part of my gift card to get that. And of course, when I checked uh, the category for relief effort, fun fact, they still have two koala bear little minis that you can get. And if you get those, 
um, I believe a portion of those funds are supposed to go towards um, the Australian wildlife fire uh, relief efforts that we had a couple years ago. Uh, but those cute little koala bears are still available in the Reaper store online. So you should check those out. Um, as well as I think they're starting to drum up um, ReaperCon stuff. Uh, of course, that happens in September, um, but, you know, probably advanced sales of, of tickets and stuff like that and piecemealing out news about that. That's going on. So make sure you're following along with Reaper on their social medias for that, as well as right now, live on Kickstarter, Reaper Miniatures Bones 6 Tales from the Green Griffin is live on Kickstarter now through April 30th, 2022. Uh, so make sure you go check out that Kickstarter page. And um, they've been doing this for years where if you pledge, um, then you can like go through and pick out like all the new cool different minis that they're making. Um, when I checked it, it was either you could pledge $10 or 125 and from that you could be able to add on or off uh, to your order so you could get like a whole crate load of minis uh, by the time uh, this thing would come together I think they said by April of 2024 I think is when they would all come out but Reaper of course is always working on these big big projects to be able to get the most minis out to you the people so visit my website or go check out the show notes below use my referral code link in order uh, to get over to the Reaper miniatures store and by doing this, you're supporting sidekicks and side quests um, because it tracks the traffic that my podcast directs towards Reaper Miniatures. So the more traffic, the more that our Texas powers are able to combine. And uh, be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. All right. So now we have ourselves a random encounter. We have Amelia, the Bullywug Enchanted Pest Control Agent, uh, Junior Officer, I don't know. Uh, what her exact title is, but we have to figure out what kind of scene are you wanting to present with Amelia? Is it going to be Amelia and the mentor? Is it Amelia meeting a player character, uh, one of the podcast NPC characters to commission the, oh, you should go get this thing to help me deal with this current pest problem that I'm struggling with. What do you think? Let's do maybe Amelia trying to track down some creature in the woods. And so then who would I be in this scene? Am I the mentor figure trying to give you pointers or or what? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so I know we haven't really discovered or discussed who this mentor figure is, but who do you think this mentor is? Do we need to go back through the tables quickly and try and really speed run, create who this uh, mentor figure is? I think so. I think the mentor would have to be, you know, aged and, and very knowledgeable. You know, okay. this is kind of like, a routine thing for them. They they know all the ins and outs of this area of this creature, and this is more of like, okay, you're you're on your own. I'll be here to kind of give you tips and maybe let you know if if things go wrong. I'm here to help out, but this is this is all on you. Okay, so it's kind of like a test sort of a thing. It's like I'm evaluating you right now to see how you're doing. Yeah. We're in this wooded area. There's a small clearing, a couple of bushes, every, you know, it, it, scattered about in this little forest uh, area. Mm -hmm. um, the sun is kind of coming through the canopy. Uh, okay. There's, you know, it's it's kind of like mostly shadows, but there's some ray of light in, you know, various pieces of this, uh, the, the forest floor. Mm -hmm. Um and there's small, uh, a few tracks that we, we've been following, you know. Okay. Um, there's a couple other creatures mixed in with those tracks. You know, they look as though they've been 
running, you know, running away from something. Um, but then there's the, the small tracks and then there's a slightly bigger set of tracks. Um, and that's the, the quarry that we're trying to find. This, this creature has been ruining a lot of the other uh, creatures, or not ruining, but like eating and kind of maiming a lot of the, the local flora, fauna population. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're, we're looking to, to stop that. So then I guess me as the undisclosed, but you dungeon master fill in the blank mentor figure, just kind of being like, hmm, yeah, you see the, you, this, you see the tracks, the, the bigger and the smaller. Um, I don't think this is just a isolated uh, single creature, you know, based on our research and our reading, what would, what would you say that this uh, situation entails? I think that the, the various tracks that we see, you know, there's the, the smaller, like the prey-like tracks running away from this bigger creature. Mm. Um, it looks like there might be two, but it's yes. hard to tell. Yeah, so I think the mentor um, would use a nature check and uh, would roll well because, you know, he's learned and, and professional. And uh, we'll say, yeah, you see, you know, you see bear print uh, and then you'll see like a claw print and you see a big one and a small one. So I'm thinking that we're dealing with owl bears, and I think it's a mama baby situation that we're dealing with. It's because obviously the, uh, the, the youngin needs to eat. And so mama's coming into town, raising the hells with uh, tearing into uh, the hen houses and the stables and just trying to get anything that she can get to feed her offspring. I think here is the situation. And uh, if we're providing the, uh, the field manual training, Amelia, how are we supposed to deal with a typical owlbear situation based on our criteria? Well, owlbears are very dangerous. You know, they're, they're pretty life-threatening. Um, they've definitely had their, uh, ex you know, they have their name kind of in the adventurer's uh, handbook as a, as a formidable foe. Um, to the unprepared. So we want to make sure that whatever we have can either get us out if we do get into a pinch, um, that we have ways of capturing. And at, at, the very, at the very least, we have a way of defeating or killing the owlbears if we can't capture them and move them elsewhere. So we'll want to be really sneaky um, if we can go get next to them quietly without being without alerting them, we'd want to uh, try and you know tie them up or uh, have some way to control them to move them out of this this area to direct some direct them somewhere else. And I think the older mentor figure is nodding along. They are um, kind of like going over a mental checklist. As Amelia's ending her thought, uh, the mentor will be like, but I think you're forgetting an important detail and uh, will point to upper tree branches. And you'll see that there are some like thick, large talon claws in the tree branch. And we'll say, remember that uh, our job is uh, not only protecting the townsfolk, but you know, making sure that the natural uh, balance uh, to the ecosystem is uh, remained intact. And uh, if you remember your lore from this forest, uh, there is a reason they called this the Screaming Woods, uh, because it not only comes from the screams of the owlbears, uh, but if uh, it also comes from the harpies uh, that come down from the mountains into the forest. 
And the Owlbears do provide vital service in uh, beating back the Harpies from otherwise luring the townsfolk out uh, with their siren song. You are right. So the best way to probably deal with this is to just redirect them to other parts instead of this this area. You'll see a smile start to come across the mentor's face as Amelia is putting the puzzle pieces together. Mm. Very good, Amelia. Yes, you will make a fine agent of the enchanted pest control services that these fair lands of the king serve. You'll see why they call those of us in the blue robes. I think, you know, just double checking their equipment and double checking, you know, which direction the tracks are going and just making sure that they're being as quiet as they can be while they track these owlbears down and they, they go off and into the direction of the, the tracks. And scene. Yeah, bravo. So how do you think it went with the kind of showcasing off Amelia as a, as a character and I guess her mentor figure as well? I think that's a, a pretty good interaction. Uh, I think it's definitely young Amelia, you know, mm. trying to still figure out like maybe right before she took an exam or maybe that was the exam mm. uh, to kind of be able to practice on her own. I think that's a good origin story uh, yeah. <laughs> for Amelia. And I think that was a cool thing that we discussed about the character with her being so knowledge seeking, uh, but also realizing or knowing those shortcomings of her in the random encounter. We were able to integrate um, those kinds of concepts uh, when I just kind of thought of like, oh, yeah, so it's owlbears we're dealing with. But when Amelia was talking about like, oh, yeah, if we have to kill and neutralize them, which would be what a normal like player character would think of. But since they're pest control, but also in a way like ecology defenders, I kind of thought of it would be cool of like, ah, well, the owlbears are actually in competition against the harpies or whatever. Like, ah, the screaming woods. Yes, that's why they call it that because harpies and owlbears are just fighting each other all the time. <laughs> it's just, it's awful. We don't like to go near the woods or live near the woods. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an awful place to live if it's just constant like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> well of course this is final thoughts so i always like to leave this part of the show uh to the guest to you know have that platform that stage that microphone so any other concluding thoughts you have based on your time coming back to the podcast now for a second time and if there's new updates uh plugs and all that kind of stuff you know where do we need to be following along and checking in yeah so you know I i'm gonna have to self-plug a little bit so uh, I stream on Twitch uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesdays. You can definitely follow me there at, uh, at Sionesis, P-S-I-O-N-I-S-U-S. And you can find me on YouTube as well and Twitter, same name. Ultimately, be good people. It's, uh, there's a lot of bad in this world and it's easy to be good. So just, just be good. <laughs> be kind to each other. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Brother Patrick, it was great to have you back on the podcast. I'm going to keep this going where I have a regular rotation of new and returning guests. And so what remains to be seen on your three-peat uh, when you come back on? Are we going to have another character already made? Or are we going to test the fates once again? You know, I actually really enjoyed doing the random. I think I honestly think it's a better character than uh, than Mim, <laughs> the, the, the other character I made. Mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, it, it feels a little bit, there, there's this process that kind of happens when you create a D&D &D character. You know, you'll, you decide like, okay, I, I want this name, but I don't know anything else about it. And you just let the dice decide. And somehow it's always a character that just can work. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. 
But, you know, Amelia is a very organic character. You know, everything just kind of rolls well. Let's not talk about stats because that's a whole nother set of dice. But, um, you know, just the the ambitions, the motivations, I think it, it really worked well. So I'm, I'm excited to randomize another character. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, SidekicksAndSideQuest.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Sidekicks and Psychos is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four. Oh! Psychics and psychoids.